Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to Toronto Raptors 111-82 win against the Orlando Magic Riker. A complete turn of events, you know, we expected the Toronto Raptors to bounce back, they bounced back in phenomenal fashion, completely blowing out the Orlando Magic from start to finish. Ben, tale of two games, absolutely mm-hmm. crazy, but before we break it down, because there is a lot to unpack here, we'll start mm-hmm. with the comment of the day, hey, I don't know if we've done it in a while, but tonight's is a request for us to live stream or do a, a live reaction pod, well, we're planning on doing that, don't know exactly when, for one of the games in the first round, so if you aren't following our Instagram yet, that's what we'll do it through, make sure you check that out or you will miss it, not sure exactly when, um, and also... Part two of the the sort of plug right now is through our Instagram. We're going to be doing giveaways with our new partner slash sponsor Instance. That'll be completely unrolling on May the 1st. So stay tuned for that. That's some big news. And as always, check us out on the traditional podcasting platforms. But Ben, sometimes we're right about stuff. Sometimes we're wrong about stuff. In the past game, I criticized Kawhi Leonard for not stepping up big time. You criticized Kyle Lauer for getting zero points, which most people did because obviously zero points is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Tonight, both of them turned it around for an even bigger performance and a commanding victory. What, what, What is your first takeaway from tonight's game? Well, the first guy we got to talk about, you know, Kawhi Leonard was amazing, and we're going to talk about Kawhi a lot in this podcast, but the topic of discussion for the Toronto Raptors over the past few days has been Kyle Lowry. Obviously, you mentioned a zero-point performance in Game 1, and tonight completely turned it around. 22 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, couple steals, 8 of 13 shooting from the field, 2 of, th- uh, two of 4 from the 3-point line, and just a ridiculous game. He was confident. He was looking for sh- shots. He was doing all of the Kyle Lowry things we've come to expect over the years, and this was a Kyle Lowry-esque game I, you know, we used to see from 2016-2017. Those years, that year where he had the kind of similar to the D-Rose MVP season. You know, just ridiculous stats, ridiculous defense, ridiculous, everything. Kyle Lowry was absolutely everything we could ask for out of our starting point guard tonight. And, you know, not only did he facilitate, he was looking for shots. And we were talking about how when Kyle Lowry's shot isn't going down, we need him to be aggressive. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he didn't start the game just settling for threes. He was getting to the rim. You know, we saw, uh, it might have been the first game in like a month we've seen Kyle Lowry really drive to the net and take layups. I was so happy with how he played And he got a block, Ben. A block. Yeah. (laughs) Six foot or six foot one, however tall Lowry is. Great. The only thing he didn't do spectacularly was give a, a soundbite full uh, post-game interview. And that was that was one of the, the more boring ones that I've watched. But it's funny because I basically said that Kyle Lowry doesn't need to score 20 points. He only needs to mm-hmm. score, despite the, the salary that he's getting and his previous All-Star appearances this season included. I said he really only needs to be in the 10 to 15 point range in order to secure a victory. For the Toronto Raptors against the Orlando Magic. Obviously, we might need more from him in, in, in further games, but can he play it this way consistently? Because I, if I'm saying he can only get, if he only needs 10 points, really, for, for, the, for, for a W, and he's going to give us 20 points, can he sustain this so the Raptors can continue to dominate game in, game out, the Orlando Magic, dominate whoever moves on from the 76ers Brooklyn Nets matchup? Well, so as we talked about in the Kyle Lowry podcast, the last video we made, a lot of people probably saw the title and probably disliked immediately and didn't listen to it. We gave a lot of credit to Kyle Lowry's past playoff performances. You know, he's obviously had some duds in playoff history, but for the most part, he's been a very solid playoff contributor, pretty consistent in most games, even though there's usually one standout poor game he has every year. But that's unfortunate. That's what the media runs with. But Kyle Lowry's usually steps up in the biggest stage, and that usually comes in terms of scoring and all that. And that's what we, you know, we're kind of expecting. 
expecting and the conclusions that we drew in that podcast, right? So Kyle Lowry, I, I can see, you know, 20 points plus per game. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, especially where he's been averaging 14 points per game throughout the regular season. But, you know, at least having about 15 points where he's a threat, he's being aggressive. That's what we need out of Kyle Lowry in terms of scoring because he's such a positive on the court in terms of everything else he does. But when he's not able to put the ball in the hole, then he becomes a liability because the defense just not worried about him. You know, they play him similar to what in the same vein they play Ben Simmons. So if he's just, as you mentioned, not not necessarily dropping 20 points, but, you know, 15 to 17 point range per game and then doing all the other things, he's exactly what the Toronto Raptors need in the obviously against the Orlando Magic but against the Bucks against the Sixers against whoever team we end up playing in the rest of the playoffs yeah and I don't know if we can continue to expect or really expect at all another 61% or consistently 61% Mm -hmm. from the field but I'd say he can still get in that range taking about 13 to 15 shots per game would be nice and again not taking them all from the three obviously the three is a complimentary piece of Kyle Lowry's game and sometimes it's really crucial for you know rallying the team or being a big momentum boost but really he is able to attack the basket relentlessly and all the things that you mentioned before so yeah we've talked about it all year and we talk about it you know in the playoffs a lot Kyle Lowry is so good at all these other things especially as you mentioned driving the mid-range jump shots the pull-ups you know he's such an all-around talented player in terms of scoring he doesn't need to just shoot threes now threes are such a huge asset to his game and are so valuable in today's NBA we want him to shoot threes but he can't have his offense solely revolve around that asset of his game you know switch it up switch it up so the defense keep the defense honest and all that but you know we talked about Kyle Lowry a lot Kawhi Leonard is showing why we made the trade. It hurt everyone to see DeMar DeRozan leave, but seeing a playoff performance like this certainly stitches up that wound. 37 points for Kawhi Leonard, 15 of 22 from the field, uh, four assists, four rebounds, just a ridiculously efficient all-around scoring night. The refs tried to put him in foul trouble. He got two early fouls at the beginning of this one. I think it was in the first two minutes of this game. Nick Nurse did a pretty good job in not taking him out right away, as some coaches might have, and he got an early one in the early second quarter. So, uh, you know, he was in kind of foul trouble, didn't let him phase him. Kawhi Leonard just hitting threes, hitting, being so aggressive, attacking the rim. Let it, you know, good wing defenders like Aaron Gordon and uh, Jonathan Isaac bullied them off like they were kind of like grade school defenders. You know, he's like a like a high schooler playing against middle schoolers. It was so exciting to see playoff Kawhi in full form. Funny enough, Ben, because he also had a plus thirty-seven in his plus minus mm-hmm. and thirty-seven points. That means for every point that he scored, it went. Uh, unattested or unopposed <laughs> by the by the opposite team he did for every point that he scored not a single point was scored on him during the time that he was out for mm-hmm. that equivalent um obviously that's not exactly that's not yeah. at all how the plus minus works but that's that's just a fun statistic but this is what i was demanding in the last game and i was criticized mm-hmm. a lot and I, I love it because obviously it's a very unorthodox point of view to take when you have an all-star starting point guard get zero points that i was really putting the emphasis and the blame on Kawhi leonard needing to step up even more than what he did but this is what i want from him come playoff time and i'll stand by my point this is this is what he's capable of doing Mm-hmm. If he's aggressive enough, this is a good amount of shots for him to take per game. Again, he'll probably not score 68% uh, from the field every game either. But he is able to nightly 
oppose his dominance on the defenders and get in the 30-point range, and then that's what happens. Then he's putting pressure on the rest, like the entire defense, making creating space for the others. He's drawing in the double teams, triple teams. Kawhi Leonard can do this consistently. We've seen it in the past. We're going to be able to see it this season. There, I don't think there's anything wrong with him taking this many shots and getting this many points. Yeah, well, the more shots Kawhi shoots, I think it's going to be better for the Toronto Raptors. And his ability to just drive in the lane, kind of push off defenders, and either go straight to the rim or get that little mid-range pull-up. The It's not even mid-range. It's like 5 to 10 feet away from the hoop. It's super consistent, especially now when he's he's kind of in a groove. He's had all that load management throughout the whole season. You know, he's getting in that playoff groove, and all those shots that we've seen him take in the regular season are just dropping with so much consistency now. You know, I, I'm super excited to see him, you know, carry, hopefully carry this momentum forward in the rest of this series, and hopefully the Raptors can continue to keep it up in future series, but, uh, you know, Kawhi, this is what we expected out of him, you know, you, you want it, you want this star player, you know, aggression in, on a night-by-night basis, and I think I agree, but, uh, it's tough to blame him in game one, but, uh, Nick Nurse really ran the offense, especially at the start of this game. Kawhi Leonard came out and had about 10 points in the first quarter. He was motivated from start to finish, so it was a great sight to see Kawhi Leonard like that. And the third player that really impressed tonight, Pascal Siakam. 19 points, 10 rebounds. He's showing his first couple real playoff performances, because he was on the bench mob last season, wasn't an integral part of the offense. You know, now as a star player in this league, he's getting his run, and he is not disappointing on the biggest stage. No, and this is two games in a row now that he's performed pretty well, and Mm. all the announcers and the analysts are saying that this is a very difficult matchup for Pascal Siakam in the regular season, had troubles with the length of Jonathan Isaac and the Mm. other bigs of Orlando Magic, but he's been able to do it all really against the Orlando Magic in the playoffs, which is incredible. Again, another bid for most improved player when he's able to assert himself even more creatively in the playoffs than he was during the regular season and elevate his game even more. Pascal Siakam is a wonder to watch. Yeah, certainly. You bring up the point of Jonathan Isaac. A lot of Magic fans were were saying he's the Siakam stopper, and that obviously hasn't been the case in this postseason. But the one thing I'm really impressed with about Pascal Siakam is the shots aren't necessarily in the games one and two. He hasn't been super consistent in all the finishes that he's had in the regular season. Usually Pascal around the rim, he's one of the highest shooting percentages in terms of three to five feet away from the hoop. And even when he misses, even when the shots aren't going in for a couple possessions in a row, he's never hesitant to go right back at it. You know, we see a lot of players, when they miss a couple shots, they kind of tuck away in their shell and stop shooting and swing the ball a little bit more. Pascal Siakam has no fear on that basketball court. He's still driving it down their throats and playing his game. And it's it's really great to see him not kind of lose confidence in his game when a couple shots don't go down. Well, if you can draw anything from the historic comeback last night or two nights ago whenever you listen to the podcast... In Game 2 of the Clippers-Warriors, it's that Mm -hmm. they've assembled a unit of guys that purely won or have the ability to win based off of energy and confidence. None of them are really all-stars. None of them are impressive. And it just goes to prove, if you can be like Pascal Siakam and don't let a couple shots missed get you down, continue to stay aggressive, then good things will happen. I mean, it's a wonder, man. Again, Pascal Siakam, he's going to have a high ceiling. He's just even kind of just now dabbling into what his full potential is come playoff time. So it's exciting. But we, there's a lot of actually things, uh, guys, that didn't completely overperform in tonight's game. I guess it's hard to facilitate or distribute all of the love when you have guys like Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard just doing it all, all game long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into anybody else, if you want to bring us into the segments before we get too late. 
Yeah, certainly. Tonight, the Kawhi doing like that play of the day. There was a there was a point Kawhi Leonard. He was on a hot streak. He was on a on a single scoring run. I think he scored seven straight points, and he was. You know, Kawhi Leonard's handled this season. He's coming to this league looking like, this year looking like AI at times. You know, James Harden-esque, double cross, triple cross, quadruple cross on Aaron Gordon on one possession. Did a step back three. It was icy. Aaron Gordon, he saw the shot go up. He kind of just shrugged it off. He said, there, there's no way you're guarding that. When Kawhi Leonard tonight, he was on fire. He had a lot of ridiculous plays, but that was certainly the, the Kawhi you do him like that play for me. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, but not all plays can be the Kawhi doing like that play of the day, and some just make you say, oh, jeez. And tonight, the OGs play of the day. You know, Danny Green, the, all the starters played really well, and we'll talk about Marcus a little bit after as well, but Danny Green kind of struggled tonight, missed his uh, three threes that he took, and he got a layup. Danny Green's been pretty good at scoring on smaller guards in the post this season, and he caught the ball down the block. The, he, he caught it, he kicked it back out. It was kind of similar, if anyone's watched Semi-Pro, to the Jackie Moon post-up. <laughs> he was he kicked it in, kicked it out, got it back into him, and uh, I believe it was Marcus Hall who maybe threw the pass, and he got an open layup and unfortunately missed it, so that, that, was, a, that was an OG's play there, and uh, it, this might transition into the DeMar Carroll Gold Star, but the there was also a play where Kawhi Leonard he got hacked by about three players he he was almost tackled in the air he ended up on the ground and then Sergi Baca came back for the putback miss because obviously Kawhi didn't finish over three guys after being hacked and then Carter Williams barely touched him and he got the foul call so I think it was probably a makeup call but that play certainly made me say oh geez yeah you know what it happened you're talking about the Jackie Moon in and out uh, post pass that happened in the mm-hmm. regular season with Blake Griffin and whoever their point guard is it's reggie the jackson yeah probably. reggie jackson yeah mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting but that was like six or seven passes in a row um <laughs> a new a new segment i'll take this one yep. we're rolling it out the where's the sauce t ross i told you guys <laughs> i told you guys t ross he's a meme he's my least favorite player ever to wear the raptors jersey to don the the t-rex or i get what is it the raptor obviously um <laughs> the t-rex <laughs> yeah the <laughs> brain fart okay he's my least favorite you don't mind the guy but oh, I, I love t-ross t-ross you love him man. i didn't like him on the toronto raptors because he was a bit of a goofball he was always turning over the ball <laughs> everything and the playoffs uh, he's bound to make more mistakes i said i'm gonna be i'm gonna have the scope on him i'm gonna criticize him if any opportunity possible so where the, where's the sauce, T-Ross? This award goes out to, in this round, T-Ross making mistakes. But tonight, he actually found the sauce. Tonight, he was on fire in the first uh, in the first half, just doing it from everywhere. He, obviously, it slowed down and didn't really make much of an impact in the game. But tonight, that young man, he found a shot and was making maybe the Raptors think twice about getting rid of him. But we all know the, we all know the difference, that he was a horrible turnover machine. So... Stay, 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 stay tuned. I guess to more where's the sauce, Steve Ross, and hopefully he'll make more mistakes as the games continue. One thing that uh, that actually I, I forgot about before we mentioned started this podcast, T. Ross did miss two straight free throws on one possession. So you know he, he went to the line and missed both. If he was playing in Philadelphia against Philadelphia, they would have won a free frosty in the fourth quarter. So the, that that could be all. You know, as the T. Ross fan, I'll throw him the first. Where's the sauce, T. Ross? <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, finally, the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. And I alluded to it earlier, the refereeing in this game, whew, it was, you know, people that listen to the podcast, they know that I don't, I personally really don't like to blame on refs. You don't either, Riker, you know, games and all that. The Raptors overcome it, but 
It, it looked like for a stretch there that the referees really liked the Raptors memes on Reddit or whatever because they, they were giving a lot of calls to the Orlando Magic. Uh, it seemed like all the whole starting lineup had about three fouls after the, the second quarter. You know, there was there was a possession, a stretch where there was three straight foul calls in one possession, which is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. The, Mark Davis, he, he had to be uh, escorted out of the, the Toronto Raptors arena with police security and all that at one point in the regular season. And tonight, if the Raptors lost, or if this was a close game, I think it would have been the same case. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the NBA is doing pretty good. There's been a few incidents throughout the season, the Rockets namely, with one with NBA players very vocally um, expressing their their concerns about bias and refing and different things that have happened. So I think the NBA is is pretty attentive and usually we can say for the most part like it or hate it that the refereeing call is is pretty even but tonight's game i guess you know maybe it was lopsided but you know that's it they were able to play through it anyways yeah and uh honestly we we kind of another ogs moment too when michael carter williams he uh there was a possession they they showed the replay and uh, it was Kyle Lowry and him got kind of tangled up. And then we saw Michael Carter-Williams just go absolutely berserk. And you thought Kyle Lowry maybe, you know, stabbed him or something on the possession. You didn't really know what happened, the way he reacted. And, you know, so he he, made, he forced the referees to go look at the review, replay it. And instead of giving Kyle Lowry, because Carter-Williams got charged with a foul on it, instead of giving Lowry a, a foul or a tech or a flagrant, they end up giving Carter-Williams a tech on the play. So that, that was a pretty interesting OG's play of the game at that moment, another one. So Well, it's because yeah, the foul was called. The foul was called on Michael Carter-Williams, and then the tech mm-hmm. was assessed after the foul was called for his reaction to the foul. So yeah. when they went back to the review period, they're not able to then look at what Lowry did prior to the technical and the foul, and that's the reason. So even if he had to have done something, unless it was you know something crazy, then they yeah. wouldn't have been able to call anything anyways. Yeah, but it looked like he just elbowed Lowry in the head after he tried to box him out. It was a, it was a weird play, Riker. You know, th- this game... Wasn't weird. I think game one was weird. I don't think we, you know, this is what I expected. You didn't even say whack. You didn't say whack yeah, yeah, once. This game was not whack tonight for the Toronto Raptors. This was this is the opposite of whack. This was great. the The Raptors had the sauce tonight. They stole it from T. Ross in the second half. You know, I was I'm really happy, and we got to see a Jeremy Lin sighting. We got to see some uh, some. Uh, uh, Malcolm Miller, I can't speak today. Eric Moreland's all out there. You know, we we got the the bench out getting some minutes. Yeah. You know, never bad to see. But until the last three minutes, they had only played basically an eight-man rotation with the ninth guy, Jody Meeks, I think, playing like four minutes throughout the game. So Mm -hmm. that's what I love. That's the tight eight-man rotation in the playoffs. Yeah, certainly. You know, Nick Nurse had the tight rotation. I think he did a good job at making keeping quiet in the game, even when he had early foul trouble. But there's not not many other critiques you can have of this game tonight. But the Toronto Raptors came out. They got the W. Not much more we can say about this game. But hopefully now in Orlando, we can continue this hot streak and hopefully finish out the series in five. That's it. Love to hear it. Certainly. You're the best for making this fire. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. You know, as Riker mentioned, we got a lot of cool stuff coming on there, so follow us on that. We're live on all streaming platforms, so if you don't like YouTube, you know, you don't like the GIF loop or whatever, definitely check us out on those platforms so you can text and all that. You know, any last words, Riker? Mm, I'm excited for the next game. Cheers. Woo!